Welcome to Factor Magri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, the science community, and policymakers to hear their stories and expert opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. Last year, I had Josh Brown from Hiranui District Landcare Group join me for a catch up. I was impressed with their structure and how organised and engaged they were with stakeholders within their catchment area. This week on Factor Magri, Rebecca Hyde from Hiranui District Landcare Group joins me for a yarn to check on progress in North Canterbury. Rebecca joins me now. Hello Rebecca, thank you for joining me. Thanks very much for having me, Gus. Tell me a bit about yourself, your background and in regards to farming and your work. Yeah, sure. So I um, I grew up on a sheep and beef farm in Scargo in North Canterbury. So we as a family were always quite involved in farming. So we did, you know, we were always tailing or shifting sheep or in the wool shed. Um, so very, had quite a, yeah, an active uh, role in the farm as children, um, mm. as much as children can do. Um, so it's always sort of been something that's in my blood, I suppose. So yep. I went along to, um, I did a BCOM ag at Lincoln, um, and I was always, there was never any other industry that I wanted to be involved in, it was always um, agriculture. So my background, um, I actually went through the fertiliser industry, so I was Mm -hmm. a fert rep, and then that led me into the environmental space. So currently I am a farm environment consultant, Mm -hmm. um, and... Yeah, that's certainly uh, a forever changing space and one I'm enjoying working in. Yeah, it really is a dynamic space and and certainly one that farmers are having to grapple with at the moment. And today we're talking about catchment groups and in particular, or specifically the Hurunui District Landcare Group. Um, Mm -hmm. A while back, I caught up with Josh Brown from from the organisation. And for those that missed it, I know you're doing some work with them or, or have been doing a lot with them. Can you tell me what the group does? Yes, so I had... Um, become involved with the Landcare Group right from the start. So it was back in 2014, and there had been the, um, the there was an operative plan in the Haranui Waia Regional River area, and there was a um, 10% rule. And I won't go into that for this discussion, but mm. I had I was currently working at Balance Agronutrients at the time, and I had some professional knowledge around what the environmental what the sort of policy meant and I also had a very strong personal interest um, given that's where um, my family farms are so I um, have been involved in the land care group right from the start Um, Mm. and so I at the moment um, we are delivering this project called the Future Haranui Project and I can assure you back in 2014, 15 or 16 even when we become a when we became an incorporated society, uh, we never would have dreamed that there was um, something like this that we would be able to deliver to the community. So at the moment, um, the the group is um, working with a project that's been called the Future Haranui Project. Mm. There are three catchment farm advisors, of which I'm one of them, um, and we're basically working one-on-one with farmers in the community. So we're delivering farm environment plans, mm. um, helping them understand their greenhouse gas number and what um, the what that's sort of looking like for their farming business. Mm. Um, we connect them with experts. So that might be 
someone around biodiversity or carbon options on farm, um, as an example, um, we're also supporting farm clusters. And so what we've, we've called them farm clusters, but basically they're anything from a discussion group to a, a catchment group to a, um, might be a river care group, so a, a body of water that they're yep. wanting to do some work on. So it's really anything that's more than uh, one individual business that's wanting to do a project. Um, so we're supporting those as well. And then also just... Um, connecting farmers with other funding that might be available. Yeah. That's probably the key things we're doing there. And we can get into some of those key things around core work streams, but catchment groups are not just for farmers, are they? They're meant for the whole community to get in behind. Is is that right? It, it can be if there's – it's really anyone that is involved or has an interest in a particular project. So mm. if I say that there's one at the moment happening in the Waipa River – Okay. Um, and that that's certainly driven by um, people that aren't involved in farming businesses as well. So it's really where there's people that are, um, have a have a desire to do something for the environment. Mm. Um, probably though, the one thing is there would need to be some farmers involved because our core purpose of the Landcare Group is supporting farmers in the Haranui district. Yep, sure. Um, so, but we certainly um, we're not. Yeah, if there's people, other people that are wanting to be involved, by all means, um, we we welcome that. Yeah, and um, how's the membership looking and farmer engagement? Is that has that steadily been increasing over the years? Yes. So when we um, started this Future Haranui project, we had a target of 300 members um, by June, and I can um, happily say we've well and truly achieved that. So um, we. That's fantastic. Yeah, so we them, they are predominantly um, dryland sheep and beef farmers in the Haranui district. Um, that's that just tends to be the farmers that we're supporting. But that is also we do have dairy farmers. Um, we do have some smaller lifestyle blocks as well. Mm. Um, so it's really anyone that has seen value in what we're delivering and wants to be involved. So that so that's that's the membership's definitely growing and we're getting really positive feedback from the work we've been delivering. And you've touched on the Future Hurinui program. What are some of the other core work streams the group are working through? Yeah, so we have been able to um, attract some funding for some planting sites as well. So okay. there was, I think off the top of my head, 65 hectares of regenerated forest and 15 hectares of um, riparian planting mm-hmm. um, that members were able to put an application in and um, receive that funding for those planting sites. So that was over allocated. Um, right. So that planting, I think half of it roughly happened last sort of winter and then the rest, other half's happening this year. Um, certainly had a very favourable season for planting um, this last spring summer, which is great. So those sites are looking fantastic. Um, and then, so there's that, that was through 1BT. Yep. Um, we have also, we are also doing a few different projects, one with ag research around um, farm planning support that's needed for farming. So uh-huh. we're working with two farmers in our catchment in the Haranui District Land Care Group, and mm. they're also working with two farmers up in the King Country River Care Group okay. as well. So that's been a two-year project. Um, and we also get a few other organisations contact us looking for farmers that we're able to connect 
within and one example has been recently um, beef and lamb are doing some case studies on farms around greenhouse gases. Yep. So they we were able to um, connect them with a farmer there Fa- for that as well. Fantastic. So there's clearly plenty happening. Are farmers getting the value out of these groups, do you think, that you can see or from your experience? And what kind of changes are you seeing farmers make on farm? Yeah, look, I think it's one of those things that when you're in it, you probably don't appreciate the value you're getting at the time. Yep. And so... There are some farmers that absolutely are getting value. They 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 feel more confident. Um, mm. They've had actual value because they've had either a planting site done or they're getting their FEP done. Um, yep. They're getting, you know, we've been doing farm maps for farms as well, uh-huh. um, connecting them with experts. So there's real monetary value there. Um, but some of the changes that we have been seeing are things like um, – it comes down to a lot of confidence in making a decision, right? So mm. they are actively going and um, excluding stock from certain waterways because they know that that one is a is a key. Um, you know, it, it's more of a, a sensitive water body, so they'll exclude yep. stock from it. Um, they're retiring parts of their farm and looking to do other things with it. Mm. Um, they are seeing value in some biodiversity that they may not have seen before. Mm. Um, and I think one of the big things is like I took a group up to a farm up in Seddon and they left that day going they're excited about farming again and like that's such an awesome feeling to have because that like whilst they haven't physically changed anything in their farm they've changed their mindset and that's massive Yep. So that, that's probably some of the things that we are seeing. Like there are some physical changes that we're happening, that are happening, but we're also seeing um, that confidence or the ability to make a decision. And some of those decisions might be, actually, it's time for me to move on to the next stage of my life or do something else. Yeah, and so. um, just I guess the extension of that, catchment groups, I believe, hold the keys to strengthen rural communities and foster well-being we're seeing community halls packed again through these groups and we really are seeing neighbors and rural communities come together don't you think yeah yes definitely yep absolutely seeing that and i think too it's i know the through the project that we're able to deliver at the moment we might turn up on farm to with the purpose of doing a farm environment plan all right, so that's mm. pretty straightforward. We know what's we know what we're needing, what the outcome's going to be here. But what we've able, what we've been able to achieve is a lot, uh, a, a deeper conversation as well, because we're kind of there to support the farmer. And so we've been able. One of the big roles that we're actually playing is connecting people, and whether that's connecting people with other people that can support their farm business, or mm. providing something that can be a community event. Mm. or we're getting all these different, we're having all these different conversations and then you start to see common threads. So it's like, actually, there's a real need for um, a better understanding of the ETS. And then we're able to deliver a fit-for-purpose workshop or presentation. So it has been really satisfying seeing um, some of the local halls and that around the the district full. but then on the other side of that too, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment and farmers are finding it a bit challenging to work out what to put into their diary and what to leave off because um, there's there's a lot of events on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hey, uh, just changing tack slightly. Last year when I caught up with Josh Brown, he, he was telling me about the Hill Country Erosion Program mm-hmm. in Canterbury. How's that going? 
Yeah, look, that's been another success, and I think we can say um, had the land, you know the Lanky Group was there. We were able to work with Ecan, well, that must be back three or four years ago now, and put together that hill country erosion project. Yeah, um, there's been a significant amount of poles planted across the district. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's been going really, really well. Um, we also work. Um, well with the, the the hill country erosion team at EHAN. Yep. So when we're having a conversation with farmers and they're looking to um, to do something about some erosion-prone land, we can connect them in with EHAN. So mm. that's where our roles come, uh, been really useful as, that, as a connector. So that program's been going well. That is coming to an end, and I know that they're having some discussions at the moment about where to next with mm-hmm. it, and is there, is there any you know further funding available? Yeah. Are there any other programs or projects that are happening or about to start that you can share with us? Yeah, well, I probably touched on a few of them just before there with the ag research, and I know beef and lamb are doing them. It's really ongoing, to be honest, um, Angus. Mm. And I think what we, what the role we seem to be playing now is because we do have engaged farmers, is organisations will come to the land care group and say, we're looking for XYZ. Yeah. Can you point us to someone? And then we might have a few farmers in mind. We talk to them to see if they'd be interested and then make that connection. Yeah. So um, there's a bit of work going on with the freshwater farm plans and the rollout there. Yep. So we've had some um, farms within the catchment group that have been, um, I don't even want to say testing the farm plans because they're not anywhere close to being tested, but yep. you know, how can they be implemented on farms? So there's so, a lot of that stuff just going on all the time. Yeah, so you are seeing organisations now coming to you more and more for advice and help in certain areas. Um, I think it's probably more like that ground truth thing. How yeah. can it work? Yep, absolutely. Mm, mm. We are definitely seeing that. Um, the current farming systems we see today, how do you think they will look in 20 or 50 years' time? Will we see a significant change to our farming systems, do you think? Look, I think we will still see sheep and beef on hill country. Like If if I'm just looking at our Haranui district, I think we'll definitely see that roaming around, that that, that livestock class roaming around the hills still. Mm. Um, I think we will still see cows in mid-Canterbury. We might see a change into how those platforms are run, though, as Mm. in they might be starting to bring the support units um, onto the platform. Yep. Um, but I think probably the biggest change we'll see is is different business models mm. and whether that's around partnerships or mm. integrating more diversity into a farm system. Yep. Um, and I don't know, that could be, for an example, um, some people might think I'm a bit crazy saying this, but like um, chickens or truffles or things yep. that don't actually have such a high impact on the land, yep. but the land is available. Yep. And obviously there's carbon and all those types of things as well. But I think our farm systems as such, um, the core won't change. Yep. But I think how we do the, the business models will. And mm. that might be around partnerships, um, grazing arrangements, mm. that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I would argue that you would struggle to find a more sustainable food producing nation than we are here in New Zealand. And of course, the last couple of years, farmers have had a lot of policy change thrown at them. It's seemingly endless currently. Mm-hmm. Is it too much? And do you think policymakers are getting it right? They're pretty big questions. <laughs> um, yeah. Is it too much? It, look, there has been a lot coming in. And actually, if you look back, there was things like health and safety and employment and 
and then fresh water and animal welfare. And so farmers have certainly had it from every angle possible. Mm. Um, so it, they should feel feel like it's been coming at them from every angle because it has been. Mm. Um, is it too much? Look, I I might be a bit controversial saying this, but unfortunately we see policy come because we're not seeing, there are some bad practices happening. Mm. Um, and that is the reality. Um, are the policymakers getting it right currently? Um, I It does give me a bit of um, hope when we're starting to see Wellington connecting more out on farm, mm. um, that we might see some better outcomes when we do see the end policy come out. Mm. I don't think they've been engaging enough to date. Mm. Um, and then I look at the likes of our industry bodies, so beef and lamb and dairy and zed, and then the likes of what fed farmers and that do, and they're getting it in the neck a bit from farmers, but I know those teams of people are doing hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of work yep. to yep. try and advocate on behalf of farmers, and it is really challenging. So um, it, it's it's an unusual time at the moment because – we're, as an industry, it's almost like we're catching up a bit with some regulation. If you look at other places like, um, you know, the building industry or hospitality and all the regulation that's in their health, all that mm. kind of stuff, mm. um, it's quite normal for them. Mm. So um, I'd, I hope we sort of, I hope this isn't the new norm of the amount of policy that comes. And I'd like to think in sort of another five to 10 years time, it's settled down a bit and we're a bit more. Um, comfortable with where we're at. Mm. And so based on that, um, have you got faith in the future of farming in this country? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I think as you sort of said, you know, we're a sustainable food producing nation. Um, the world's not wanting any less food and uh, we produce good quality stuff as well. So um, as long as there's humans around, there'll be farming and um, we do it well. So no, very bright future for farming in New Zealand. Thank you very, very much for your time today. That's no problem. Thank you. I have to say, what is happening in the Huronui is proactive, with a firm view on a positive, sustainable farming future. Interesting comments from Rebecca around policy and how farmers are playing catch-up in certain areas of farming practices. She is right in saying that you don't have to look far into other industries to see significant changes to operational procedures. And the building industry is a good example. Huronui District Landcare Group is a great example of from-the-ground-up improvements to the environment by farmers. Change is inevitable, but change itself must be sustainable, measured, and not at a pace that is overwhelming nor compromising to farming businesses. We are a special country producing the finest food in the world. Let's support and celebrate that. Thank you for listening, and catch you next time.